TII Item 472, October 18th, 2018, iOS 12.0.1 and 12.1 betas 2 and 3. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullah! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who I am. This episode is brought to you by Molecule. For $75 off your first order, visit M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E.com. And at checkout, enter promo code TII. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and you are listening to the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Jeff for sending in the music here in the background. Jeff wrote, Hi, Rob, I made this song, Lighthouse, using GarageBand app on my iPhone. For free downloads and more music, follow me at JeffJ6 on Twitter. Regards, JeffJ. Well, thanks, Jeff, for the music. And folks, I will put the full song at the end of the episode. I also want to thank Lou for sending in the artwork. For today's show, Lou wrote the following. Hello, Rob. I got the new Marvel Spider-Man game for PS4 and was super psyched to hear there was an Apple store in the game, only to find out later it was a false rumor. But I didn't let that stop me. I created my own. This is the location on Fifth Avenue Apple Store in New York City. The glass cube has been temporarily taken down to support expanding the underground store. I added the Apple logo to recreate the store as it appears today. I also have Spidey sporting a TII button to show some love for the show. I took the photo using photo mode in the game, exported it, used PowerPoint to create the TII button and Apple logo, both from scratch so I could render them with the needed 3D perspective, overlaid using Superimpose X, and edited the final touches, a burn on the bottom button, dodge to make the Apple logo glow, and various quality enhancements in Snapseed. Enjoy. Regards, Lou Valencia. Well, thanks, Lou, very much for sending in this. Folks, you can see this artwork in the free TII app via the bonus button for episode 472 or at Instagram.com slash Today in iOS and also at Facebook.com slash Today in iOS. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email to me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please make sure to include which app or apps you used to create said artwork and or music. This time of year, I don't usually start with a news item, but this one is kind of sort of important. Most of you have probably already heard of the story of the Saudi journalist that was supposedly tortured and killed at the consulate, the Saudi consulate in Turkey. Some are now reporting that he was wearing an Apple Watch and it recorded and transmitted the recording, the audio recording, of evidence of his torture and death. From CNN, quote, Kashoagi turned on the recording function of his Apple Watch before walking into the Saudi consulate in Istanbul on October 2nd, according to Sabah newspaper. The moments of his interrogation, torture, and killing were audio recorded and sent to both his iPhone and to iCloud, unquote. Some question that, saying that there's not a feature on the Apple Watch to do this. Well, no, not the Apple Watch and the stock apps that come with it natively, but there is an app called Just Press Record, $4.99 in the App Store, that lets you, you guessed it, record from the Apple Watch and send the recording directly to your iCloud account and any devices connected to that iCloud account. And apparently, he left his iPhone with his girlfriend so she could have those recordings. So yes, if he had that app, he absolutely could have recorded it and had the recordings um, could have then been on the iPhone as well and now can be proof that this reporter was killed by agents of the Saudi government in a Saudi consulate. The article did say that the people torturing him noticed the Apple Watch and tried to unlock the Apple Watch multiple time with multiple password attempts and, quote, ultimately using Kashaki's fingerprint to unlock the smartwatch. They were successful in deleting only some of the files, Sabah reported, unquote. And, well, that part we all know is definitely not true. There is no fingerprint scanner on the Apple Watch. I am sure there will be more about this story over the next few weeks, but clearly it is an incredibly sad situation and now very strange situation, one where an Apple Watch could bring around a huge wave of sanctions against the Saudi government. Last episode, I meant to cover the Apple Watch Series 4, but that slid it to this episode. 
So here we go. In the Apple Watch Series 4, one of the new features Apple touted was fall detection. And what we know now is that fall detection is turned on by default for users 65 plus years old. I guess it can tell by looking at your TV library and based on how many episodes of Murder She Wrote that you've watched, it can figure out your age and then it'll turn it on for you. For those too young to remember Murder, She Wrote, it's a show that chronicles the life of the world's greatest female serial killer and shows you each week how she pins her murders on some innocent bystanders. She's just plain ruthless. Go ahead and find it on Netflix. You'll enjoy. Obviously, even if you've never watched Murder, She Wrote, you can still toggle on fall detection. Just go to the Watch app on your phone and then go to Emergency SOS and turn on fall detection. No requirement of watching Murder, She Wrote if you go that route. Note, some lawyers were concerned that the new fall detection would be on for all users, and someone might get drunk or high in their home, pass out, hit the floor, and the fall detection would call 911 for them, at which point 5.0 would break down the door and find their clients passed out with some illegal substances, getting them in trouble with the law. And since... The watch called 911 and the police believe someone is in danger. No warrant is needed to enter the premises. Finding out that this is an opt-in for those under 65, you would think would get the lawyers to back down in their concerns, but you'd be wrong. Here is what I would say. If you are going to be doing illegal drugs, then simply don't opt into this feature or don't get the Apple Watch Series 4. But the good uh, this will do for those legitimately in danger far greater than and good than the idiot who opted into this but did a bunch of drugs, passed out, and had the police come in and bust him with the drugs or her with the drugs that were not yet taken. So, uh, yeah, if you've got illegal activities, first off, stop that. Uh, but second, maybe turn off or don't opt into the fall detect. I fix it. Did their obligatory teardown of the new Series 4 Apple Watch? Their conclusion? It received a rather high for Apple accessory uh, devices, 6 out of 10 repair score. They felt the Series 4 was laid out much better, or as iFix it said, quote, where the first Apple Watch's internals seemed awkwardly placed and unpolished by Apple standards for the Series 4, they really painted the back of the fence, unquote. They noted the battery is bigger in capacity, a whopping 4% larger in capacity. That said, I can barely get two days out of uh, my Apple Watch Series 4 between charges. When my Apple Watch Series 3 was brand new, it was easily two plus days, often going three full days. Now it is more like uh, one and a half to two days rather than two and a half to three days. We lost a day somewhere in there. Hmm. That said, I really like the larger screen, but the feature I purchased for it, uh, the reason I bought the Series Watch 4, the key feature, that is, is the ECG, and it's not yet rolled out. So, waiting for that. I have seen uh, some reports of the new Apple Watches crashing. Not something I have ever seen with mine. Not something that fellow listeners are reporting either. So, take those reports with a grain of salt. Uh, do I recommend it? Oh, absolutely. I wear my Apple Watch Series 4 every day and use it all the time for little things, but like the LTE Series 3, my favorite thing is being able to take the dog for a walk and leave my iPhone at home. If someone needs me, they can call and get me on the Apple Watch. The biggest screen is nice for those old eyes that I now <laughs> am sporting. Uh, yeah, it's getting harder and harder to see things, more and more tromboning. And once the ECG is released, uh, not only will I recommend it, I will highly suggest it for anyone over the age of 50 that you should get an Apple Watch Series 4. And speaking of Apple Watch, Apple did release watchOS 5.0.1. As with all double dot updates, it's all about bugs, man. According to Apple's recent notes, watchOS 5.0.1 addresses issues that caused a small number of users to see increased exercise minutes, fixes a bug that causes some users not to receive stand credit in the afternoon, and solves a problem that could prevent the Apple Watch from charging. Darn, had I known 5.0.1 was fixing a bug where it overreported my workouts? I might not have upgraded. Hey, Rob, it's Paul in Seattle. I just wanted to mention one little thing that was not in 
uh, haven't heard actually reported anywhere. And that was the material that the crystal of the new iPhone, uh, Apple Watch Series 5 is made out of. I have made purchases in the past based on the sapphire crystal rather than the glass crystal because I, you know, it's on my wrist. And since I'm, I'm pretty active, I didn't want scratches all over my, uh, I would rather have scratches on the body than on the crystal in front. Um, I was surprised to find how hard it was to find out this information. So I contacted Apple directly and after a little while got the answer. Both the stainless steel and the aluminum watches have a sapphire crystal now. So no more hardened glass crystals. They are all sapphire. Hope somebody finds that useful. I certainly did. Saved me a couple hundred bucks since I got the aluminum for the first time, which also is a few grams lighter. Thanks. Keep up the good work. Paul, thanks for that investigative journalism. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. I have the original Apple Watch, and I'm considering upgrading to the new Series 4. While the cellular mode intrigues me, I can't help but wonder how useful it will be over non-cellular over the non-cellular model. Is it worth the extra money up front as well as the monthly carrier fees? What do you and your listeners think? I have Spotify, not Apple Music. I listen to podcasts with Overcast and audiobooks mostly on OverDrive. Thanks for any insights you can offer. Regards, A-R-E, Madison, Wisconsin. Well, Harry, I highly recommend the cellular version. I love it. Again, I love the ability just to get up and go, work around the yard. I know I have my watch on. Someone calls, picks it up. I take the dog for a walk. I, I get can pick up the call if I'm someplace else, else in the house. Uh, well, the house doesn't really matter because I got the Wi-Fi. But when I'm away from my Wi-Fi, um, it is nice to know that I can still get a call and, and answer it. And if I'm going to go ride a bike or I'm going to walk, um, I don't have to carry my phone with me as much now as I used to. So I really do like that feature, the cellular feature with the Apple Watch. And as we talked earlier in in the episode, that feature, well, it's going to be a big issue with that news reporting with the Saudi journalist because I'm sure that's what he had for it to be able to transmit back out when he's recording. So if there's a case where you need to actually record and have that recording being transmitted directly from the watch, you would need the cellular version as well. Hi, Rob. I just upgraded my Apple Watch Series 2 Wi-Fi only to the latest Series 4 Wi-Fi also. So far, I love it. But I do have a question. Do you happen to know what does the Wi-Fi feature on Apple Watch Series 4 do with its updated Wi-Fi specs. I thought being connected to Wi-Fi at my gym will allow me to play stream music from the apps available on Apple Watch, like iHeartRadio or Radio FM, but it does not, though. However, I do get text messages and news notifications when working out, so I'm puzzled. Uh, you can't stream music, though, as I was hoping that will prevent me from having to carry my phone, iPhone around and risk the uh, breaking the screen and, while exercising. I'm attaching some screenshots for you. Uh, is this a feature only available on the cellular version of the watch? Thanks for your input and keep up the awesome job you're doing. Regards, Eli from Northern Virginia. Well, Eli, thanks for sending that in. And I'm going to send this out to the listeners. If anyone has an Apple Watch Series 4, Wi-Fi only, have you been able to get music to stream play via Wi-Fi or, or podcast to stream play via Wi-Fi? Let, let us know if you have been able to do that and how you were able to do that via just Wi-Fi. As always, send in the feedback, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or via email to todayinios at gmail.com. This episode is sponsored by Molecule. For $75 off your first order, visit M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E.com and at checkout, enter T-I-I. Molecule is a complete reinvention of the air purifier not just an improvement on existing outdated technology. It was developed by a scientist whose son suffered from asthma and who was frustrated by the fact HEPA air filter or purifiers did not relieve his son's symptoms. As a result, Dr. Goswami spent 20 years developing a completely new, totally effective way of removing indoor air pollutants. Molecules technology development has been funded by the EPA, and this technology has been verified by science, but most importantly, it has been tested by real people. Molecule has already helped allergy and asthma sufferers around the country better cope with their conditions and significantly reduce their symptoms. 
Molecule introduces a breakthrough science that is finally capable of destroying air pollutants at a molecular level. Molecule's PECO technology goes beyond HEPA filtration to not just capture, but completely destroy the full spectrum of indoor air pollutants, including those 1,000 times smaller than a HEPA filter can trap. Molecule makes a meaningful impact for asthma and allergy sufferers in a study of 49 allergy sufferers presented at the American College of Asthma, Allergy, and Immunology. Molecule's technology provided dramatic, statistically significant, sustained symptom reduction within a week of use. The results have transformed lifelong allergy and asthma sufferers' lives. One customer even said that she is able to breathe through her nose for the first time in 15 years, quote unquote. And Molecule doesn't just have groundbreaking technology on the inside, but creates a complete and clean air purification experience from the materials used on the device, like its sleek solid aluminum shell, to a streamlined filter subscription where replacement filters arrive at your doorstep right when you need them. Molecule ensures breathing clean air is easy and seamless. Again, for $75 off your first order, visit M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E.com and at checkout, enter code T-I-I. Back to the email bag. Hey, Rob, I want to tell you about my experience getting the iPhone at 10s Max. I had it shipped to my job. I waited patiently on Friday for UPS. I get an alert with a delivery issue. UPS cannot find my job address. They delivered some boxes earlier on that day, oddly enough. I called customer service and they told me that I can pick up it at the depot that same night and confirm that my driver's license and job ID would be sufficient. Nope, I got denied. I called again and they told me that I had to wait until Monday for delivery. They confirmed the address and apologized again, delivery uh, issues, sigh. Luckily, the regular UPS driver knows me and my company. He was on vacation Friday, and I got impatient and went to the Apple store on Saturday and bought one. So now I have two. Luckily, my wife secretly wanted one. I love this phone. I upgraded from the 10 for the larger screen. I find the camera to be much better. My wife upgraded from the 8 Plus. We both got the 256, just the right size gigabyte versions. Keep up the good works. Regards, AJ. Hey, Rob, it's Michael at Payone, P-A-Y-O-W-N, on Twitter here in beautiful Tokyo, Oregon. The Oregon coast is an awesome place to be. Uh, just wanted to drop a voice message to you and your listeners uh, and find out if I'm the only one having, well, my wife and I are the, or not the only ones having this issue, uh, or if it's a setting that I'm missing. So uh, I've been on iOS 12 beta for several months now, and I didn't bring this up because I thought it was a beta issue. Then my wife updated her iPhone X, not XS or XS Max, her iPhone X to iOS 12 yesterday. Yesterday being Thursday, the whatever day it was, <laughs> 28. And then she made an interesting comment to me. She said, Michael, do you know how to make my phone vibrate? I'm like, well, yeah, you just set that switch on the side and turn it to vibrate like you have since you've owned an iPhone for the past eight years. Well, apparently that doesn't work. I noticed in the beta, I didn't say anything about it, that sometimes when my phone was on vibrate, I would just get a notification, and then a voiceover user, all of a sudden voiceover would be like, call from 541-435, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's weird. And then, then I'd answer the call or whatever. And then if my phone was not on silent, it would ring, not vibrate, and I'd answer the call. But when now I brought this to my attention, I did a little bit of Googling and went to settings in general and accessibility, and I turned on the vibrate. Well, vibrate was already on. Then I went to settings, and I went to sounds and tactic feedback, and then I made sure that vibrate went on silent and vibrate while ringing are both on. I get tactic feedback, but I get no vibration when I get alerts, whether that be text messages or phone calls. I'm trying to think of any other, and I don't think any other notifications actually vibrate to my phone. So I'm sure if anyone on iOS 12 has had this issue specifically with the iPhone X, simply because my younger brother has an iPhone 7 and he's been on beta and tells me his phone vibrates just fine when you hit that switch above the volume keys. I explained to him I already tried. Anyways, any feedback from you or your listeners would definitely be appreciated. And remember, you can reach out to me on Twitter at Payon, P-A-Y-O-W-N, Chatson. Thanks for the voicemail. And here's the answer to your question. Go to settings. And go to sounds and haptics. Make sure vibrate on ring is turned on, vibrate on silent is turned on. And then for each of the items, just scroll down. You'll see ringtone, text tone, 
new voicemail, new mail, sent mail, calendar alerts, reminder alerts, airdrops. Um, and each one of those, if you tap on one, so like if you tap on, let's go with new voicemail. Um, if you tap on that, um, scroll to the way you get to the top of the screen and then you will see vibration. So when you get in there, go to vibration and then you can set the vibration. So it sounds like many of yours may be set to none. So go ahead and put in a different vibration. So you can get a different vibration for each one. So when you're sitting there and you get um, it on silence, you can have one vibration for a new mail that comes in. You can have a different vibration for a new text that comes in. And for the phone call, when you're getting it, you want to click on the one that says ringtone. And then you go ahead and again, go to the top of the screen and, and go to where it says vibration, click on that, and then change it. I think it's accent is the default, but you can have a different ringtone there for your standard vibration when you get a phone call. Mike, I hope that answered your questions and please send me an email. Let me know for sure if it did one way or the other. Back to the email bag. Hi Rob, my iPhone experience. The night before pickup, I received an email that said it would not be ready at my selected pickup time, that they would have further information later given the lack of details and my open schedule. I decided to go at that time in spite of the email to avoid further issues. So I showed up a little before 11 a.m. since I did not receive anything yet saying that it was ready to pick up. I was not allowed in line yet. I did not receive that until 12.40 p.m. At that point, I was then allowed in line. I did not leave the store till 2.40. The employees were great, helpful, kind, and friendly in spite of the issues. It was a decent experience. One thing that I appreciated about the delay was standing outside the store watching the employees work, one which I feel is a fascinating example of Apple's tech. I saw one lady inside with a seeing eye dog. At first, I assumed she was a customer, but she was an employee. It was amazing observing her. I have heard on your show about how well the iPhone is at allowing people with various challenges to have full use of these with these incredible devices. Then to see an employee with similar challenges do everything related to the sales and setting up of the devices. For me, it just showed me how well they have accomplished making their equipment truly usable to all and provide such an opportunity. Thanks, Apple, for providing her the tools to do the job and to be asset to the team. Her coworkers see her as regards Kirk G. Kirk, as always, thank you for sending the feedback. I do want to remind those of you waiting for the iPhone XR. Those pre-orders are this Friday at 12.01 a.m. Pacific Time, 3.01 a.m. Eastern Time. So that is Friday, early morning Friday, not Friday night going into Saturday, but early morning Friday from Thursday night going into Friday, 12.01 a.m. Pacific Time, 3.01 a.m. Eastern Time. Pre-orders will go online for the iPhone XR. Received my iPhone Max on launch day, and sure is shooting. When the screen's locked and you plug it in to charge it, she won't charge. you got to unlock it, and then it'll charge. Thanks. Have a good day. As mentioned earlier, Apple released watchOS 5.0.1. That was released on September 27th. Other updates include tvOS 12.0.1, released on September 24th, and iOS 12.0.1, released on October 8th. As they were all double dot updates, they fix bugs, man. So you definitely want to update to them. So if you are on Watch OS 5.0 or tvOS and iOS 12.0, do update. Per what iOS 12.0.1 fixes, fixes an issue where some iPhone 10s devices did not immediately charge when connected to a lightning cable, per the last voicemail message. It resolves an issue that could cause iPhone XS devices to rejoin a Wi-Fi network at 2.4 gigahertz instead of 5 gigahertz speed. Restores the original position of the question, dot question mark one two three key on the iPad keyboard. They had moved it. We mentioned that it had been moved. Um, people didn't like that. They moved it back. Fixes an issue where subtitles may not appear in some video apps. And they addressed an issue where Bluetooth could become unavailable. So those are the key issues that Apple highlighted that were changed. Uh, the most important one there is the battery gate or charge gate or whatever the idiots are calling it gate. Uh, 
it was just a minor issue. It's updated, and it wasn't just the 10s uh, series. Uh, my son's iPhone 7 Plus, well, I'll talk about that later, it has that problem as well. FYI, um, if you read any article, articles out there from Gordon Kelly at Forbes, stop. The guy is like a mix between DigiTimes and Dr. Doofenshmirtz. Constantly highly critical on Apple and trying to make mountains out of molehills for clickbait. So if you see something that looks like link bait going to Forbes and the author is Gordon Kelly, stop reading right there. Move on. Consider it part of your life. You did get it back. iOS 12.1 Beta 2 was released on October 2nd. Beta 3 on October 9th. Beta 2 fixed iOS 12 charging issues. I know some call it iPhone XS and XS Max charging issues. As I said just a few seconds ago, I personally saw it on my son's iPhone 7 Plus running iOS 12, so it wasn't just limited to the 10s and the 10s Max. iOS 12.1 will bring eSIM support needed to have two different phone numbers on the same phone. Uh, there are more than 70 new emojis. Oh, this is where I use the new smiley face emoji with the party hat on, right? Or, or not. They did also, of course, fix bugs with this, including most of the issues that we named before. Additionally, on October 9th, Apple also released Watch OS 5.1 Beta 3 and TVOS 12.1 Beta 3, keeping all three in lockstep at Beta 3s. These last two seem to have just been about bug fixes and optimizations. Hey, Rob. It's Matt from Wisconsin. How are you? I just heard about my first bug with the 12.1 update. My brother received it, and it installed fine. And he says that he was trying to send a text message to somebody and he got a call and the keyboard was covering up the bottom half of the screen so he couldn't answer it. And he needed to at the time, so it kind of ticked him off. Matt, I'm going to stop right there. I normally don't talk about bugs and betas, and I only wanted to play this message just to remind people, beta equals bug. Beta equals bug or bugs, really, really, bugs. So it's plural, beta equals bugs. And your brother should only be ticked off at himself for putting a beta on a device that he needs to use. Don't put, folks, don't put betas on devices you need to use or you have no tolerance for bugs. Betas equals bugs and always has and always will. Don't install the betas if you have no tolerance for pain. Actually, the only reason to install the betas is so that you can find bugs with your software or their software for the next version and then report those bugs to Apple. That is the whole reason Apple wants you using the beta is so that you can report the bugs you find. So it shouldn't be looked on negatively when there's a bug in a beta. That's why it's at beta form and not Goldmaster. Apple wants you to find the bugs and report the bugs. So... Matt, I would say make sure your brother reports those bugs in through the tools that Apple gives you to report the bugs. And, and that way, Apple, when they release 12.1 Goldmaster, will not have that bug and your brother won't have a legitimate reason to be miffed. Speaking of betas, Apple released Shortcuts 2.1 Beta 1 to devs this past week, and it adds new weather and photo commands. If you have started creating Siri shortcuts, Siri, Siri shortcuts, uh, say that five times, Sally sells Siri shortcuts down by the seashore. Uh, what shortcuts have you created? Give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MUNDOG, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Apple will report last quarter sales on November 1st, standard time of 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Given the stock lately has been at or near its all-time high, breaking records here and there, I think it's unlikely Apple would say anything to cause the stock to jump. Now, I, I would say it's not that they don't want to. I just don't think there's anything they can say at this point to cause the stock price to jump. Likely, they need really, really good news just to keep the price at current levels. Anything else will cause a drop in price. We shall see. I think Apple's goal on this quarterly conference call is just to keep the price at the current levels. I just don't see how they can possibly, possibly get it to jump up like they did last time. Hope I'm wrong, 
but I just don't see that possible. Or more accurately, I don't see that probable. Hi Rob, this is Tosin from uh, the UK. Um, just my comments about the Apple event yesterday. Um, sadly, I was on my way from, from work when it started, so I missed the first bits, but um, I was able to watch some of it or listen to it rather while I was driving home. Again, I'm quite impressed. I'm always impressed anyway with Apple events. Uh, call me a fanboy if you like. Tosin, you just said you were listening to the Apple event live as you were driving home. That, by definition, is an Apple fanboy. And that's not a bad thing. Loving the new uh, Apple Watch, all the features. Um, in my line of work, unfortunately, it might make for a bit more work for us. But hey-ho, um, the technology is going in that direction anyway. Um, I'm talking regarding the fall alerts. Uh, I feel a, a wave of um, octogenarians uh, becoming Apple, Apple um, enthusiasts uh, in the next few months. Also the ECG um, feature, um, that is the bit that will probably make more work for me to be honest. Aside from that, I also love the new features on the phones and uh, sadly this is going to be the first year since uh, the 4S that I would not be upgrading on day one of uh, availability or launch, uh, I will need to be um, waiting for my yearly update cycle as I cannot afford £935 to facilitate an early upgrade. But still, it's good to know that people on this forum would be sharing their thoughts and their uh, experiences with the new um, iPhones. I'm not crazy about the naming system uh, this time, but hey-ho, it's got to be called something. All right, those are my thoughts about the um, Apple event yesterday. The HomePod, um, well, regarding the alarm setting features, uh, all I can say is about time. Also good to know that now it can make telephone calls. Anyway, Rob, those are my thoughts on the Apple event from yesterday. Thanks for your good work and keep it up. Tosin, thank you for your feedback. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. Enjoy the show as per usual. A blind user asked about the relative merits of different screen sizes for the iPhone. Well, it depends. If you are totally blind or, like me, have some sight but not enough to use the screen, then a large screen isn't going to be helpful at all. The plus size phones do have larger batteries, but if that is a problem, a battery case might solve that. However, I do know of one totally blind person who prefers the plus screen. I don't understand that myself, but everyone is different. I don't suppose I should comment on the um, person who fired a BB gun indoors, and he is blind. Besides, intelligence like that usually cannot be found outside of Congress. Regards, Kevin B. Hi, Rob. On a recent episode of TII, there was a listener asking about better options than Gazelle and other places to sell used iPhones. I've used and can recommend Buyback World. It's at buybackworld.com. Their prices are consistently higher than direct Apple Buyback Program, and they don't dilly-dally around with their assessment and payment. Thanks, KUTGW, Stan Bentley, Winchester, Kentucky. Next up, we have Felipe with three items that he likes about the new iOS 12. And the beginning of his message was all garbled, so here we go. The first is the swipe up to force close the apps is back. You don't have to push the uh, X button to close them anymore. The second is uh, that you can connect to uh, the third party uh, password managers to uh, fill in your passwords. But uh, when you use Siri's uh, option to, or iOS's option to uh, create a new password, it doesn't update the third-party password manager. So next time you go to log in, and they got those options at the top of your keyboard right there, you better click on uh, the keychain one from that point on, or manually update it on the third-party app yourself, which is kind of not fun if you got a lot of passwords the third one is uh you know reminders works with uh siri shortcuts if uh you uh put something on your screen 
especially a shortcut you created and you put it on the screen where you got that play button on the top and you say to your phone uh, the wake words and remind me this it's hey s remind me this it'll remind you with whatever's on your screen it works with other apps but not all of them anyways uh like your show thank you for that and folks when recording a voicemail message on your phone make sure you just lay it on the table don't hold it in your hand and don't walk around with it um, and yeah that will get better audio quality if it's just laying on a table on a table that's not sitting next to a computer with a fan by the way back to the email bag Hi, Rob, do we know if an iPad Pro 12.9 will be released this year with no bezel and no home button? I've been holding out for an 11, A11X Pro 12.9, but I'm thinking then Gen 2 with 12.9 bezel and home button might be more what I want. Should I wait? Thanks for your updates, Al Aruda, Anchorage, Alaska. And Al, I'll say this, who knows? There is rumors that there will be an Apple event yet this month. A matter of fact, should be announced this week for an Apple event later this month. And that Apple event later this month would be where a bezel-less iPad Pros would be announced. And the latest rumor is that one of the bezel-less ones would have the same size screen resolution as the 10.5-inch iPad Pro, but would be in a package that's closer to the iPad Mini and that the 12.9-inch screen would get into a package that's closer to the iPad, um, original iPad, iPad Air uh, size. So one one rumor right now is there is a 12.9 coming, but in a smaller package. I've also heard tell that it will only be the 10.5-inch. So again, it's all rumors. We'll find out once Apple has an event and gets up there. At this point in time, hold out. There's no reason right now if you're thinking about getting an iPad to buy an iPad. The next couple weeks, Apple will have a live event or should have a live event, expected to have a live event, whatever you want to say, and then you'll know if you should buy it. Now, come November 1st, if there's no announcement of any event and new products, then yeah, go ahead. Because if they don't have it announced by November 1st, they're probably not going to have an Apple event this year. And that means you probably won't see an Apple event until March of next year. And that's a long time to wait. But right now, waiting till November 1st, not that long. Hi, Rob. Some feedback. Phone dimension specs in three directions and over multiple models don't play well on audio. It weighs two ounces more, is a little taller, a little wider. That's fine. I'm considering upgrading from my iPhone 7, but need to hold the 10s in my hand to compare it and see the colors. If a, the 10R was smaller, I'd buy that instead. Regards, Kevin Crossman, Fremont, California. Well, thank you, Kevin, for the feedback. Hello, Rob. You said in your podcast, the 7 Plus does not have 3D Touch about 53, 24 minutes into the episode. That was, I think, two episodes ago. I can assure you that the 7 Plus does have 3D Touch because I currently ha- use that model iPhone my model even has a personal upgrade I call crack screen 3D touch, <laughs> where you get a satisfying crunch when you push the screen. Hopefully this will be corrected when I save enough money for the 10s Max. Regards, Russell. And Russell, thanks for the correction. And sorry for the mistakes, folks. You are correct, of course. Um, must have been uh, when the caffeine wore off that night when I was recording. Back to the emails. Hi, Rob. Heard the caller who said Google Maps isn't working with CarPlay. I can assure you it works. What users may need to do is plug into their lightning cable to the car's USB port and launch Google Maps. If the map doesn't appear on the screen immediately, they should press the CarPlay button in the car, and it will display Google Maps, navigation, voiceover, and warnings about better routes, and all show up. Now, shifting gears, some people have reported problems with connectivity in CarPlay. They also have problems connecting with the new podcast app on the Apple Watch OS 5. I had those problems until opening some tickets with Apple Sport. Yay to those tireless souls. And my problem was something in my iCloud backup of the old iOS 11. When I restored my new iPhone XS Max from the backup, The CarPlay screen was blank, no illumination. 
but the control buttons were properly mapped to the screen. I could touch portions uh, to control music, etc., but with a blank screen, obviously not optimal. My watch would uh, lose podcast too. I had to erase the 10s Max and build it up as a new phone, then wait while iCloud repopulated my content. Sounds brute force, but I was able to also manually add back my apps in a better folder setup while doing this. That solved both problems that were traces to a connectivity conflict with some unknown app I had previously. Hope that helps. Best regards, Paul G. in Lawrenceville. Well, thank you, Paul, for that feedback. Now, Rob, I got a new car that has CarPlay in it. The first time I plugged in my iPhone, I did not see the program Waze on the car dashboard. The next time I entered the car, I happened to be looking at Waze before I got in the car. I was surprised to see the application pop up on the display on the dashboard when I plugged the cable in. It is almost completely accessible in CarPlay now. I did find it annoying that Google Maps lets me see appointments in the Apple Calendar, but I don't see them in the Waves app. I hope this will be addressed sometime in the future. Regards, David. Hi, Rob. It's Dave in New Jersey. I'm replying to Eric in Woodbridge, Virginia regarding uh, CarPlay. And yes, Waze and Google Maps are available for CarPlay now. Uh, they showed up on my system. CarPlay is similar to your iPhone home screen. Uh, it only allows a certain number of icons and then any new stuff that shows up uh, shows up on following screens and you have to page through them in order to see them. You can also go to settings and general and CarPlay and you can see the screens there and you can actually uh, move the icons to other screens like you do on your home screen on your phone and then they'll show up in the proper location next time you plug your phone in and uh, it comes up on CarPlay. Um, so yeah, Waze and Google Maps work great on CarPlay. The only thing that might be interfering with Eric's system is if he needs a firmware update on his head unit. I have a Pioneer head unit, Pioneer head unit on my uh, vehicle, and about every other system update from Apple, I have to do a firmware update from Pioneer. And uh, it's a process, you know, of downloading it to my Mac, unzipping it, and then putting it on a USB stick, plugging it in the USB slot on the uh, head unit, and then going through the system menus there and it does a firmware update. Maybe he has a similar situation with his head unit, needs a firmware update before he sees the latest features of CarPlay. So I would uh, advise him to go to the manufacturer support site for his head unit and see if there's a download for a firmware update on his uh, for his stereo. And uh, that's about it. Other than that, uh, I can't think of what else might be causing him problems. So I uh, hope that helps. And thanks for everything you do, Rob. Take care. Bye. Dave and David, thank you for your feedback. In the Google Plus community, Barbara E. had this to say, quote, the listener who asked about Waves and Google Maps on CarPlay, after I updated to iOS 12, those apps showed on my iPhone settings, general CarPlay, and then you tap your car, uh, move the icons around on the phone, then open on the car as usual. You will see the apps on your car screen. Bada bing, unquote. Hi, Rob. Now we're back to emails. Hi, Rob. I was listening to an episode of Today in iOS and heard Eric's question regarding CarPlay. Unfortunately, I don't have CarPlay. However, I did find two solutions. For first is an app called Fantastical, which does use Waze. Uh, you can switch between Waze or Maps if you so choose in settings. However, it does cost $3.99. I purchased Fantastical because I wanted to use a shortcut I downloaded from the gallery that allows me to create multiple events at the same time. Here is the second solution. There are shortcuts that can be used that allow you to use waves instead of maps. You can change the parameters to best suit your needs. The shortcuts are called Where's Next and Directions to Next Event and can be found in the Shortcuts Gallery. I hope this helps your listener, Eric. I was also looking for a solution so that I could use Waves and not Maps. I hope this helps. Regards, Denise. Hey, Rob Gunner from outside Chicago. Just in response to your listener who was asking about Waves and Google Maps, last week uh, I had a location I was trying to get to, and it wasn't popping up on Apple Maps. So I had 
gotten it sent to me on Google Maps, so I had to download Google Maps on my phone uh, since I had deleted it. And when I plugged my phone up to the CarPlay to listen to podcast, to my surprise, Google Maps just popped up. So for those wondering on Apple CarPlay how to get Waze in Google Maps, what I did was I just re-downloaded Google Maps. Now, that might be an easier way, but when I downloaded Google Maps and plugged it in, it was already there. That might be a way to fix it. So thanks, Rob, man, for everything you do. I'm hoping to get me a new Max and a new Apple Watch, but uh, last year I did pull off the greatest feat a man could do. I got a MacBook Pro. I got a uh, I got a new iPad. I got a new iPhone, and I got a uh, a desktop. And I didn't get divorced, so I don't know if I'm going to be able to get a new phone. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But uh, thanks again, Rob, for everything you do and Apple CarPlay people. I think you just got to re-download it. Um, that that it worked for me. So thanks. Bye bye. Gunner and everyone else, thanks for your feedback this week. Uh, I have one Kickstarter project I did want to mention. It's called RevoWire, and it's one word, and it's spelled R-E-V-O-W-I-R-E. They claim it is, quote, the last phone charging cable you'll ever need, unquote. And it is, quote, an ultra-durable, super-compact, and adjustable charging cable that was built to last, unquote. You have until Wednesday, October 24th at 9.03 a.m. Central Time to back this one. They have hit their goal of 5K with 6.9K and actually more net now. Uh, pricing is $19 with an estimated February delivery. It's an interesting flat wire design that they claim will not break. And there are holes in the middle so that you can actually put a pin through it to keep it rolled up. And well, it's for an organization, so it's not a mess in your laptop bag, for example. It supports Apple's Lightning micro USB and USB-C on one side and a USB-A on the other side, and it supports fast charging. If you want to see more on this one, go to kickstarter.com and search for Revo Wire, R-E-V-O-W-I-R-E, one word, or look for the link in the show notes for episode 471. One more email here. Hi, Rob. The Google Plus community will need a new home. There's an article from Engadget saying Google is shutting down Google+. Regards, Steve from Brisbane. Well, it's a good thing I tell folks to go to todayinios.com slash community because I will have to be redirecting that URL sometime in the near future, as in before August. Because in August, Google+, will be closing down the Google+, communities. I am looking right now for new places to put the Google+, community. If you'd like to email me today in iOS at gmail.com and let me know where you think the Google Plus community should be, or better yet, go right now to todayinios.com slash community. Look for the post up there about that and leave some feedback or leave some feedback on this episode's post. Let me know what you think. Again, it will be interesting to see where we go. I am looking at a bunch of different options. I probably won't make any decision until the beginning of next year. Do you want to build a snowman? Frozen water particles don't tend to mix well with my circuitry. Do you want to build a snowman? I can't do that, but I've seen a lot of flurries in the cloud lately. Do you want to build a snowman? Olaf? Do you want to build a snowman? Come on, let's go and play. Do you want to build a snowman? I'm going to be in New York City this coming week at NAB Show, so if you're going to be at the NAB Show in New York at Javits Center... On Thursday, actually Wednesday and Thursday of this coming week, stop by at the Lipson booth. I think we're N164, right near stage three. Would love to see you. Come out, say hi. And if you're a Lipson customer, please bring your business cards, put them on the booth table. Today's show was again brought to you by Molecule. For $75 off your first order, visit M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E.com and at checkout, enter promo code TII. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or record your feedback and email to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. This feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant about something else. An app, a product review, good or bad, as long as it is iOS-related, it is welcomed. I'm always looking for new artwork to feature that you created on an iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. 
And of course, we're always looking for more music created on iOS device to play on the show. It's your show and your feedback is greatly desired. Also, don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. Right now, it sends us to Google Plus. We'll see where it sends us in the future. A quick reminder, if you're an app developer or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment for free. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or, or, or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or the author. Also, when you send those in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. Finally, check out the TI app, which is free to you. Search for TII in the iTunes app store. It is the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TI is released. It is fully voiceover friendly, of course. Please go right now and download the TI app or get the update. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I.